Our criminal justice system is failing all of us. It is not keeping us safe. It is contributing to a vicious cycle of crime and punishment. The criminal justice system, like any system designed by a human being, clearly has its flaws. You are now listening to The Infamous Ones, a true crime podcast hosted by Kay on Spotify. A podcast aimed to uncover and share the stories behind heinous and insane acts that have been overlooked or overshadowed by mainstream media. Getting justice for the voices that can't speak. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Kay, and I am the host of The Infamous Ones, a true crime podcast. A podcast designed to focus on crimes committed in the Black community that you don't hear about in mainstream media, giving a voice to those victims that have otherwise been silenced. I must advise that today's episode is an extremely kind of graphic and sensitive episode dealing with the death of a minor. The details given in the case are just beyond believable and just outright horrible. And I will admit that this one was a hard one for me to research. Now, I've never given a disclaimer like this before when it comes to these episodes, but baby, this one right here is definitely disclaimer worthy. There's a lot as it pertains to this case, y'all, which is why for the first time ever, this episode is part one of two. That's right. This is a two-part episode. Look, y'all, I tried to get to just the meat and potatoes, but this is like a whole buffet. And a lot of the facts presented in this episode will kind of help you to understand why I decided to do two parts. So hopefully y'all can appreciate that because there's a lot of backstory. Now, I have to say this week's episode kind of, you know, took me down a rabbit hole. Like, It's going to really make you question the justice system and, you know, the way that things are constructed. And honestly, it's going to have you questioning if an innocent man was wrongfully convicted. But I'll let you be the judge of that. This infamous case involves Ja'Karen Harrison, the beautiful baby girl and victim, Katrina Harrison, her mother, another victim, Robin Bouget, (sighs) folks like to call her a witness, I would say suspect, and Alfred Bouget, the alleged murderer. Now, I know it's the first time y'all heard that word, but I'm going to explain, okay? Let's get into it. Alfred Sterling Bouget was born June 20th, 1964. Now, I don't know if he was born in Louisiana. However, records do show that he lived in La Place, Louisiana. First of all, I love meeting people from Louisiana. I love their accents. I love everything about Louisiana. Anytime I go, I have a ball, okay? Especially meeting people like that, yeah, baby. And let me tell you something, my baby. That is just, I love it. Okay, anyway, back to the case. His older brother, Lloyd, says that he's nothing like the feds or media describe him. Like, and actually a close friend of Alfred's since the seventh grade stated that everything that has been published about Alfred is a complete 
lie. Like never seen a streak of violence in the years that he knew him. He had never so much as seen him violent towards his children. He was a good kid, like so much so that at 12 years old, Alfred went to live with an elderly woman by the name of Miss Mary, who, you know, taught him the basic essentials. Now, he didn't go live with her because he was a bad kid or anything like that. Um, it doesn't state exactly why he went to live with her, but his friend and relatives did say that he did not go to live with her because of his behavior. But Miss Mary, you know, she was an elderly woman. She taught him how to cook. He helped her, you know, get around and do things since she was kind of restricted. Um, he did, you know, as he got older, he did have two children from prior relationships. One was a son who I searched high and low and could not find this boy's name. And his other child was a daughter named Bethany. He enjoyed going to the state of Florida a lot. His favorite food was shrimp fried rice. And he even loved the movie Toy Story, y'all. Like, that is so cute. You can tell he had kids when your favorite movie is a Disney Toy Story movie. Like, dope. He had a nickname, Green Eyes, on account that, you know, obviously, homie had some pretty eyes. Like, listen, I saw the pictures of Alfred back in the day. Baby was fine. Okay. Now, he was a world traveler. His daughter, Bethany, stated by the time she was like 12 years old, she had already visited 40 states because he took them like everywhere. Um, Alfred was into gospel and, you know, his very best friend happened to be his brother, Lloyd. Now, some people say that Alfred was a little too giving, Um I call him like the male version of Oprah because he was like a big car fanatic and he bought his daughter Bethany a car. He owned a couple of Jaguars himself. Now, at one point, he thought that he had another daughter by the name of Dee and then he later found out that she wasn't his, but he still bought this girl a car. Like, he's awesome. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. Like, that's dope. Like, you ain't even my daddy and you buy me a car? Like, thank you. <laughs> Anyway, based on the things that I've researched and read, he was a stand-up dad more than anything. Now, like I said, he had children. He had three girls. Um, you'll learn as the story goes on. His oldest was Bethany, who is very active and very, very consistent in the community in getting her dad's story out there. When I was reading some of the posts and checking her website, justiceforalfred.com, it just, it really made me feel so, you know, sympathetic. But at the same time, I was angry because of the fact that so many things were mishandled. Like, I remember this case when I was younger and all I could think was, at that time, all I could think was, you know, how could he do that to his own child? But now after looking at everything and doing some digging, I'm asking that same question, but differently. Like now it's like, how, how could he do that to his own child? Like it, it, it's really going to make you look at stuff completely different. Now, thanks to Bethany and lots of courts documents and testimonies, and I do mean a lot, I unveiled like the holy trifecta of stuff on Alfred. 
Now, Bethany was a daddy's girl, and I mean, that was easy to see from jump. Hell, by the time Bethany was 12, thanks to her dad, she had seen majority of the U.S., 40 states at the age of 12. Like, I would so love that. Don't get it twisted. Me and my kids take road trips and stuff, but ain't no way we can do 40 states. Like, that would irk the hell out of me to be going that far. But, you know, not a bad idea. It's kind of cute. I like it. I can dig it, but we're going to have to fly. <laughs> like, we would have to fly, okay? Now, Alfred and Bethany's mother weren't together, but, you know, it didn't stop him from being a good father to his daughter and making sure that he saw his baby girl. Like, so much so that, in fact, he got her mom a job working for the sheriff's department while he worked for the police department. Like, how dope is that? It is so many dudes out here that got baby mamas that wouldn't even think about, you know, going that far to help her to make sure that they can see their kids. You know, like that shows you what type of father that he was. The fact that he said, OK, to make sure that I can see my child, not only am I going to work here, but I'm going to make sure I get you a job here as well that's love. Like I actually found audio of Alfred talking to his daughter shortly before his execution. And, you know, he was talking about how he got his daughter's mother a job with the sheriff's department, you know, to make sure that he could see her. Like that is, that is just so dope to me. So anyway, Alfred went above and beyond to make sure that he spent time with his kids and, you know, was able to see them. But, you know, things kind of started to change in 1994 when he met Robin. Now, from jump, Bethany clocked Robin's ulterior motives, and she was only 10 at the time. So, you know, one particular day, a young Bethany is in her room studying and doing her schoolwork. So cute, because I was definitely outside playing, you know, trying to play video games. I studied, don't get it twisted, but 10 years old, I'm outside. So she's doing her schoolwork when she hears her name being called from outside. Bethany! Bethany! So she gets up and she sees that it's her dad standing outside yelling her name, you know, and she's all happy and excited naturally because it's her daddy. So she goes outside and she sees him standing next to this pregnant chick that's got these rollers in her hair and she's smiling all wide like a Kool-Aid man. And, you know, Bethany was raised polite and raised right. So she introduces herself. She's like, hi, how are you? I'm Bethany. And then Alfred just pulls the rug from under her on some straight color purple type shit. He's like, oh, this here gonna be your new mammy. Like <laughs> he's rubbing on this woman's stomach and he introduces Robin as her new stepmother. And then he tells her, guess what? You're gonna be a big sister. Now, as if that's not crazy enough, Bethany finds out that Robin and her mama are second cousins. Now, let me clarify. It wasn't like Robin and Bethany's mom, you know, like kicked it every day or anything like that. Or like they even hung out at all. Like they didn't really know each other. When Robin first started coming around, Bethany's mom was actually like, listen, we need to get to know each other. I need to have some conversations with you because I'm not about to have my child around you if I'm not comfortable and don't even know you. And rightfully so. Like, girl, you must be tripping if you think I'm gonna let you be around my kid 
and I have no clue who you are. Like, I don't understand why this is an issue when it comes to co-parenting. Some of y'all that are listening right now, y'all know me very well. Y'all know I got kids and I made it very clear with my kid's father when he got someone in his life that I wanted to meet her because my kids are going to be around them. Same way that he met the person that I was with because I wanted him to feel comfortable knowing who the children were around. But unfortunately, you know, I didn't get that same common courtesy. I met her months later and even then that was dramatic as hell. But, you know, in this situation, I feel like Alfred should have introduced Robin to Bethany and her mother months before, you know, when she first got pregnant. But there's a reason why he couldn't do that. See, Mr. Bouget was a bit of a ladies man to the point that his ladies ran concurrently and sometimes overlapped each other. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and peep y'all to a little bit of game. Okay, so before Robin came into the picture, Alfred had been married quite a few times, like not once, not twice, but three times. He was married three times. And it just so happened that his last wife, he was married to while Robin was pregnant. Let that marinate, okay? Now, it's obvious that Alfred was just out here laying the pipe. You know, he a pretty boy. He out there getting it. But this chick, Robin, oh, she was a piece of work. Like, she just came out the gate on some bullshit. Now, when she met Alfred, she told him that she was a registered nurse and that she took care of sick kids. And of course, you know, Alfred believed her. Why wouldn't he? But then he finds out later on, she ain't no damn nurse. She's a nurse's aide, but she ain't no registered nurse. And as the episode goes on, you'll understand why I mentioned that. But see, Bethany, she wasn't stupid because here's this woman that's supposed to be her new quote unquote stepmother standing in front of her about five months pregnant. And Bethany's like, wait a minute, the math ain't mathing because you just left your third wife a couple of weeks ago. Looks like Robin was that good old coleslaw, you know what I'm saying, that good old side piece. And she got bumped up to the main. And you know what they say, how you get them is how you lose them. Now, despite how she felt, Bethany's like, okay, you know what? This is going to be my new stepmom. Obviously, I'm about to be a big sister because she's pregnant. So cool. And Bethany, you know, she starts getting excited about her dad getting married. She's looking through magazines, trying to find different dresses and stuff. You know, she wants to show her dad what she wants to wear because she's happy. She's like, yo, I get to be in my daddy's wedding. But when she goes to visit him... He completely blindsides her and he's like, baby, me and Robin been talking and, you know, I'm going to pick the guys that I want in the wedding and she going to pick the girls that she wants in the wedding. And well, she don't really want you to be in it, baby girl. And Bethany's like, why? Like, I'm your daughter. Like, bro, come on. How are you a father and not letting your kids be a part of your day? Make that make sense. So he was like, all right, you know what? Listen, why don't you just talk to Robin and see what she got to say about it? Tell her what you want, see what happens. And Bethany calls Robin and, you know, she's she's talking to her. She's pleading with her. She's like, I really want to be a part of the day. Can I please be a part of y'all's wedding? And Robin thinks about it and she's like, mm, nah. So on her father's big day, Bethany sits in her beautiful red summer dress that her mother bought her in the front row, 
watching the wedding like she's a typical guest. Now, after the wedding, Bethany's mom decides to let her spend six weeks with Alfred for the summer. That way, you know, she can get to know Robin a little bit better. They can spend some time together. So when summer break came, Bethany went with her father, Alfred, her stepmother, Robin, and her now six-month-old baby sister that Robin named Alfredicia. Now, I'm all for naming your child something similar to the parent, like, my middle name is similar to my father's middle name. And everybody calls me by that name when I'm, you know, visiting my family, visiting my father's side of the family. But Alfredisha, ooh, mm. so we just gonna call her Disha for this because damn, mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Whew. I'm not sorry, but I'm sorry because that name just, wow. Okay. Anyway, so Bethany's having a blast. You know, she's on the road with her father and her stepmother and they're collecting postcards and taking pictures in front of the state lines. They made several stops in different cities and states. And, you know, it turned into a real family vacation. And at first, Bethany thought that Robin was the coolest thing since sliced bread. You know, she's really liking her. She's cool. She can sing. She was always playing TLC's Waterfalls. Man, that song was the jam. I remember performing that song in middle school talent show and the classes went crazy when I started rapping Left Eye's Park. Rest in peace to the lovely Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Wait, did I just tell my age though? Now, even though Robin was hella cool, she kind of had her quirky ways about her. And on that very same road trip, Robin like threw Bethany all the way off and asked her what she knew about sex. What was the reason? What was the reason? What was the reason? I just explained the reason. What was the reason, bitch? I don't need to explain myself to you. What was the reason? I guess Robin realized that she fucked up because she was so quick to tell Bethany, hey, let's just keep this between us. And Bethany is 10 years old, y'all. Like, being 10, Bethany didn't know any better. So when she got back home, her curious mind asked her mom some questions about what she had learned. And her mom was looking at her like, what the hell are you talking about? Where did you hear this from? And, you know, of course, Bethany's trying to be loyal to Robin, but this is her mama. She had to tell her the truth. And when her mama found out... <laughs> Oh, she called Alfred so fast and was like, um, you want to tell me what's up with your wife talking to my child about sex? And, you know, Alfred is clueless and he doesn't know what she's talking about. But Bethany's mom, oh, she's standing on business and tells him your wife was having an inappropriate conversation with my child and I don't appreciate it. But Alfred didn't want to believe it. So Bethany's mom was like, I bet. She got Bethany together so fast and she headed on over to Alfred's and Robin's house. Her mama was not about them games when it came to her child. She confronted him on some, so you just gonna look me in my face and tell me that you gonna believe your lying ass wife over your child? Oh, okay. But Alfred, you know, he was standing on business too. He was adamant that Robin would never do such a thing like that. So, you know, they going back and forth on that. Yes, she did. No, she didn't. And... Robin is literally standing in the window watching them argue outside. And Bethany, she's feeling horrible because, you know, she's thinking, I betrayed my stepmother. But trust and believe, you know, Robin wouldn't let her forget what she did. Now, here's my thing, okay? If you know your child, you know what they are capable of doing, what they are capable of saying, and 
I feel like that's where Alfred made his mistake. You know your kid. You know if she's a good kid or not. You know if she's going to say some outrageous stuff like that. And if she had never done that before, like, come on. You you got to really think, like, you are that blinded by the pussy that you can't fathom, you know, you can't believe your own child. Make that make sense. Now, because of her stepmother's actions, Bethany couldn't see her dad for a while. And again, mama's right. She wasn't feeling the way that Alfred or his wife was moving. So she protected her child like she's supposed to. So it's now 1995 and Bethany is in the sixth grade. She's getting ready to turn 11 and her dad calls her mom and was like, hey, listen, you know, I really want to take Bethany to go get some pictures done for her birthday. And Bethany's mama, she's like, is your wife going to be with you? But Alfred assured her that she wouldn't be there. So Bethany's mom was like, all right, cool. She can do it. So he came and picked her up and it was just her and her sister, Deisha, a.k.a. Alfredisha, and her brother was there too. So she got to take pictures and they went out to eat and, you know, things started to improve. And Bethany's mom, she even relaxed a bit and told him, you know, I guess she can come around more. But she made it very clear that Alfred needed to pay attention to Bethany and also to Robin when she was around Bethany. And naturally, he agreed. But while the parents were making the decisions, Robin had made some decisions of her own. When Bethany would go spend time with her dad on Friday nights, she would be by herself with Robin. And a lot of times it was because her dad was working and, you know, he didn't come home until Saturday morning. So she was kind of stuck with Robin. And Robin was just being a total bitch, talking shit about her on the phone with her friends in front of her, or she would just outright ignore her and not say anything to her. She even called Bethany a tattletale. Like, girl, you a whole ass, grown ass woman calling a child a tattletale? What are you in third grade? You know, it's, it's really sad because there's a lot of women that do this. I, I have met quite a few that do some trifling shit like this. You get caught doing something that you had no business doing. And then you turn around and try to manipulate and punish the child with threats and treating them like they did something wrong. Like you look stupid as fuck. And as the child gets older, guess what? They're going to realize you are the one that was actually fucked up. And baby, trust me, you're going to regret it. I hate bitches like that. I have strong feelings towards individuals that I've encountered that do shit like that. Like that makes my ass itch. Bitches like that need to have their asses just dog walked, okay? Like that just irks me. Ugh. Anywho... Robin would just like take things to the extreme. She would take her daughter Deisha to the park on Fridays and leave Bethany by herself for hours at a time, just completely isolated. Or if she was doing Bethany's hair, she would like push the comb and brush extra hard into her scalp, giving her, you know, scars and scabs and stuff. And she's only 11. And, and sadly, that wasn't the only time that Robin decided to just take it upon herself to be a complete bitch to her stepdaughter, who she's just supposed to just love so much. One Fourth of July weekend in 1996, Alfred decided that he was going to have a barbecue at the house. You know, he was going to invite some friends and family over and get on the grill, you know, get some spades and some bones popping, you know, have a little good time. Now, mind you, at this point, Bethany is just like flat out ignoring Robin because Robin keeps messing with her. 
She's locking Bethany out of the house, making her stay outside for hours at a time until she feels like letting her in. But on this day, this was the first time ever that Bethany really saw Alfred actually come to her defense and be there for her. So, like I said, it's 4th of July weekend. They're in the store getting things for the barbecue. And Bethany was allowed to, you know, get a little treat for herself, something extra. Now, she had originally picked up a Butterfinger candy bar. And her dad had jumped out of line because he forgot something. So she ended up seeing like some red, white, and blue cupcakes. So she decided she was going to swap it out because the red, white, and blue cupcakes were actually her favorite. So she starts to get out of line that they're standing in, but then Robin like grabs her and is like, no, you had your opportunity and you missed it. So you're going to stay right here and don't you move. And Bethany's like, did this bitch just put her hands on me? Now she's 11. So of course she didn't say that, you know, specifically, but she jerks away from her and she goes to continue to walk down to get her stuff. And all of a sudden, Robin grabs her by her ponytail, yanking her so hard that Bethany falls to the ground. <laughs> and this is where I start to think. You know, fucked up, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. You know you done fucked up, right? <laughs> Ooh, baby, the way I would have been in jail. Luckily, Alfred sees this shit and he is pissed. He throws the groceries he had in his hands on the ground. He tells Bethany, baby girl, get up. And then he grabs Robin and drags her ass outside the store. And they all get in the car to leave. And for the most part, Alfred is quiet. But then he just spazzes the fuck out. He's like, yo, don't you ever in your fucking life put your hands on my kids again. You do not touch any of them. You could have broken her neck, Robin. What the hell is wrong with you? He's just yelling this over and over and over. You could have broke her neck. And Bethany felt good because her daddy was finally coming to her defense so I could just imagine her sitting in her seat like yeah get him you know and Robin she's putting on her act she's crying uncontrollably baby I'm so sorry and this bitch goes and takes it a step further and lies she's like it was it was just an accident I I meant to grab her shoulder and I accidentally grabbed her hair I'm so sorry baby please forgive me I don't give a fuck if you were trying to grab her show, you don't touch her, period, okay? But, you know, Alfred's like, all right, you know what? You said it was an accident? Cool. But let's be clear that if you ever put your hands on my kids again, we done. My kids do not get touched. So Bethany is happy. And, you know, she's sitting in the back seat like, ha ha, bitch, you can't touch me. Again, she's 11. I'm paraphrasing. I know. But she felt like her father actually gave a damn. Now, Robin had to get her shit together. So Bethany turns 12 years old and she's in the seventh grade. And Robin is actually, you know, being somewhat nice to her. Like for about six months, Bethany said that there was some normalcy, which was rare. Robin had apologized to her and to Bethany's mother for, you know, the inappropriate conversations that she had with her. And during this time, Alfred started taking on more loads as a truck driver. 
And with him traveling more, it meant that Bethany was left alone with Robin and Alfredisha all the time. Now, honestly, I don't understand why Bethany was there with her because if your daddy's not there, you not going. Like, nah, baby, you gonna stay home with me, your mama. But, you know, Bethany continued to spend time with her stepmom and her sister. Now, there was one particular occasion Bethany was at her stepmom's house and she could hear Robin crying. So, you know, she's a little concerned. She goes in there and Robin just starts boohooing, just like babbling. She's telling her, I think your daddy is cheating on me. It's hurting me and it's breaking my heart. And, you know, even though Bethany doesn't really care for her like that, you know, things are good between them at this time. So she's actually angry at her dad. Like she gets mad at him. Bethany is mad, mad. Like she's really out here thinking her daddy is just being this cheater. And Robin starts asking her questions like, have you ever seen your dad with, you know, any other women? And Bethany's like, no, but Robin wasn't letting it go. She kept asking her, are you sure? You know, do you think that he was with this person? And Bethany's like, I don't know. I don't think so. Now, you know, again, this is another inappropriate conversation that you shouldn't have with a 12 year old. Why are you bringing her into y'all shit? So Bethany is thinking that, you know, that's the end of it. But then a couple of days later, her dad calls her pissed off. And he's like, how dare you go to my wife and tell her that I'm out here sleeping around on her? How could you do that? Bethany's like, what? I told her that I had never seen you with any woman. She asked me, were you cheating? And I didn't say anything like that. But he saw caught up in his shit that he's not believing her. Once again, power of the pussy. And this kept going on for like three months straight, y'all. It got to the point that Bethany's mom stepped in and was like, listen, I'm real sick of this. I'm gonna handle this myself. And yet again, she goes over to her baby daddy's house and she says, boy, if y'all don't stop putting my baby in y'all shit. And once again, Robin is throwing rocks and hiding. She's inside the house while Alfred and Bethany's mom are outside arguing. And finally, Alfred says, fuck it. He calls Robin outside and tells her what Bethany is saying actually happened. And he realizes after he starts listening, he's like, hmm, she had to have heard this crazy shit from you because you're the only one that would say some shit like this. Now, you know, he's putting things together and he starts getting mad because he out here looking foolish. He's like, now, listen, I may have done my dirt. I may have had multiple affairs and cheated and everything, but how dare you put my 12-year-old daughter in this? This was a situation between me and you, and now you got my baby caught up in this. You're wicked. You're a manipulative woman. You're a liar. Now, <laughs> y'all think that Robin would apologize, right? You would think that she would say, okay, you know what, baby? I may have taken this shit a little too far, but no, of course not. Even if your man was cheating, even if you think that he was, you know, out here being deceptive, girl, like I said, you're going to lose him. How you got him? You a whole ass large coleslaw in this. Okay. Side piece. You a sideline hoe. <laughs> Ain't that what Monica called it? But now you mad because the very same thing that he did with you, he's now doing to you. Get the fuck out of here with that. 
Even if you're upset, you never bring an innocent child into it. But rather than her apologize, Robin tries to save face. Y'all, she goes and gets a damn restraining order against Alfred, talking about that she was afraid that he would abuse her and her child. And she left. She moved back in with her parents, but Bethany couldn't have been happier. She's like, ding dong, the witch is gone. <laughs> but of course it was short-lived because literally three months later, here comes the Wicked Witch of the West again. Robin called Alfred and told him that she would drop the restraining order if he gave her another chance. And despite Bethany, you know, telling him, don't do it, don't take her back. A part of that was because of the fact that he had a daughter with her and he didn't really, you know, get to see Alfredisha while they were separated because Robin kept her away from him because of the restraining order. And, you know, he don't play by his kids. He saw his son, he saw Bethany, but he didn't get to see Disha. So after Robin called him and told him that she would drop the restraining order and then laid it on extra thick and said that her parents were beating her, he took her back. Meanwhile, Bethany's mom, she was she was over the antics. She told Alfred, I don't think Bethany's going to come over there like that because I don't trust your wife and I don't want her putting her hands on my kid again or doing something else that's going to cause me to have to put hands on her ass. And the one time that she lets her over there, Robin fucks up again. One night, Bethany is at her father's visiting. And of course, he's on the road. And, you know, Bethany, she starts to feel some pain. She had some discomfort. Now, it just so happened that she had been on some antibiotics for a respiratory infection. And, you know, she had gone swimming that day in the pool. So she's not feeling good. She calls her mom. Her mom doesn't answer because she's busy at work. So having no other choice, she goes to Robin and she tells her what's going on. And, you know, to Bethany's surprise, Robin is actually nice to her. You know, she's like, hey, don't worry about it. It's common. You probably just need to take some medicine. So they end up going to the drugstore and Robin gets her some, you know, over-the-counter meds that she takes and she thinks everything is fine. But when she gets home, her mom is literally arguing with somebody on the phone. And, you know, Bethany's concerned because she can hear the other person that her mom is talking to screaming like loudly. And so she's like, what? Who is that? And her mom just hands her the phone frustrated and she can hear her father. And he's like, Bethany, how could you do this? You're so young. Why didn't you just come to me first? Come to you about what? Like, what are you talking about? And do you know what this chick Robin told him? She told Alfred that Bethany had an STD. Like, girl, what? She ain't fast like you. She's 13. At that point, Bethany just, she was done. Like, she spent so long trying to convince him and get him to understand that she didn't have an STD. Her mother believed her. But the sad part was her dad did not believe her. And, you know, he actually thought that his baby girl wasn't a virgin. And it just got to the point that Bethany said, enough is enough. She told him flat out, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of you constantly choosing Robin over me. I'm your daughter. I'm tired of having to beg you to believe me. I can't do it anymore. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. And she just hung up. And I can't, I can't blame her. Like, you're supposed to be my father. You're supposed to be the person that's protecting me. And instead, you're doing the exact opposite. You're making me feel like I don't matter to you. And if you are a daddy's girl and your father, like, 
a, a girl's first love is her father. So that shit hurts when your father treats you like that, you know? It wasn't until her ninth grade year when she was 14 years old in February of 1999 that Alfred reached out to her and he apologized. Like, this is months later, y'all. I know that had to be damaging for her to go months without talking to or seeing her father. And, you know, Alfred really wanted to work things out. So Bethany agreed to spend time with him as long as it was just him and... Robin was gone. So Alfred agrees. And Bethany was like, all right, cool. But whenever she would go over to his house, it was clear that, you know, Bethany wasn't welcomed. The room that, you know, she had been used to staying in was now her baby sister's room. Her stuff had been packed up. Bethany, you know, she was chill. She didn't say anything. And at this point, she kind of just, you know, was numb to Robin. Besides, Robin was getting tight with Alfred's mom. And, you know, there were occasions that Bethany later found out that, you know, Robin would tell his mom, I can't stand his kids. I don't care for them. I don't like them kids. But you're playing the role of stepmother. And again, like I said, I got a serious problem that with, with women that want to be wives but can't accept the kids. When you marry someone that has children, that is your family. I love my baby dearly. I love my man. And clearly he has children. Those are my kids. I go to war for them. I may not have birthed them, but baby, when I tell you, that's my family. You know, whatever they need, I'm here. I wish the hell I would think about putting my hands on one of my husband's kids. He would be on my ass so fast. And any man that can be married to a woman that does not like his kids or blatantly shows his children that she don't care for them. Why the fuck are you even with her? What type of man are you? And again, this is me speaking on personal experience because, again, some of y'all know me and y'all know my little, you know, history with the name that shall not be spoken. But to me, that's just, it's just disgusting. That's vile. And that speaks volumes for your character where you can be with someone that can say, baby, I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you, but I don't like your kids. And then you sit back and stay with them or you don't even try to bridge the gap between them and, and, and find a way to form a relationship between your children and your spouse. Like now you're going to have that divide. And that's exactly what it was between Robin and Bethany. And I know a lot of people are like, well, if it was a divide, why did Bethany keep coming around? Why would she keep coming over there when her father wasn't there? Very valid question. But y'all got to remember she had a baby sister whom she adored. She was her mother's only child. And, you know, although Alfred had other kids, he did have a 15-year-old son at that time. He had Alfredisha as well. And, you know, to Bethany's surprise, Robin is actually nice to her. You know, she's like, hey, don't worry about it. It's common. You probably just need to take some medicine. So they end up going to the drugstore and Robin gets her some, you know, over-the-counter meds that she takes and she thinks everything is fine. But when she gets home, her mom is literally arguing with somebody on the phone and, you know, Bethany's concerned because she can hear the other person that her mom is talking to screaming like loudly. And so she's like, what, who is that? And her mom just hands her the phone frustrated. And she can hear her father and he's like, Bethany, how could you do this? You're so young. Why didn't you just come to me first? Come to you about what? Like, what are you talking about? And do you know what this chick Robin told him? 
she told Alfred that Bethany had an STD. Like, girl, what? She ain't fast like you. She's 13. At that point, Bethany just, she was done. Like, she spent so long trying to convince him and get him to understand that she didn't have an STD. Her mother believed her. But the sad part was her dad did not believe her. And, you know, he actually thought that his baby girl wasn't a virgin. And it just got to the point that Bethany said, enough is enough. She told him flat out, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of you constantly choosing Robin over me. I'm your daughter. I'm tired of having to beg you to believe me. I can't do it anymore. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. And she just hung up. And I can't, I can't blame her. Like, you're supposed to be my father. You're supposed to be the person that's protecting me. And instead, you're doing the exact opposite. You're making me feel like I don't matter to you. And if you are a daddy's girl and your father, like a, a girl's first love is her father. So that shit hurts when your father treats you like that. You know, it wasn't until her ninth grade year when she was 14 years old in February of 1999 that Alfred reached out to her and he apologized. Like this is months later, y'all. I know that had to be damaging for her to go months without talking to or seeing her father. And, you know, Alfred really wanted to work things out. So Bethany agreed to spend time with him as long as it was just him and Robin was gone. So Alfred agrees and Bethany was like, all right, cool. But whenever she would go over to his house, it was clear that, you know, Bethany wasn't welcomed. The room that, you know, she had been used to staying in was now her baby sister's room. Her stuff had been packed up. Bethany, you know, she was chill. She didn't say anything. And at this point, she kind of just, you know, was numb to Robin. Besides, Robin was getting tight with Alfred's mom. And, you know, there were occasions that Bethany later found out that, you know, Robin would tell his mom, I can't stand his kids. I don't care for them. I don't like them kids. But you're playing the role of stepmother. And again, like I said, I got a serious problem that with, with women that want to be wives but can't accept the kids. When you marry someone that has children, that is your family. I love my baby dearly. I love my man. And clearly he has children. Those are my kids. I go to war for them. I may not have birthed them, but baby, when I tell you, that's my family. You know, whatever they need, I'm here. I wish the hell I would. Think about putting my hands on one of my husband's kids. He would be on my ass so fast. And any man that can be married to a woman that does not like his kids or blatantly shows his children that she don't care for them. Why the fuck are you even with her? What type of man are you? And again, this is me speaking on personal experience because, again, some of y'all know me and y'all know my little, you know, history with the name that shall not be spoken. But to me, that's just, it's just disgusting. That's vile. And that speaks volumes for your character where you can be with someone that can say, baby, I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you, but I don't like your kids. And then you sit back and stay with them or you don't even try to bridge the gap between them and, and, and find a way to form a relationship between your children and your spouse. Like now you're going to have that divide. And that's exactly what it was between Robin and Bethany. And I know a lot of people are like, well, if it was a divide, why did Bethany keep coming around? Why would she keep coming over there when her father wasn't there? Very valid question. But y'all got to remember she had a baby sister whom she adored. 
she was her mother's only child. And, you know, although Alfred had other kids, he did have a 15-year-old son at that time. He had Alfredisha as well. <laughs> I got to get some music or something. I got to figure out how to just get that dramatic theme where it's like, dun, 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 right here. Because that was a bombshell. <laughs> But Bethany is like floored. She's like, wait, what, baby? Huh? And as soon as her dad gets back home, she tells him what's going on. And she's like, Pop, so I was taking sis to McDonald's the other day. And she says that some man that owns a limo company was threatening to kill y'all. And that's when Alfred confesses that Robin is pregnant again. But the baby is for somebody else. Mr. Limo Man. See, Robin been out there throwing that hot pocket. Once again, Alfred says, okay, I'm done for real this time. And once again, Robin is on some bullshit. She moves out, yes, but she files yet another restraining order because Alfred told her, I'm going to take you to court and I'm going to get full custody of my daughter. And, you know, she was afraid. She knew that she would be seen as an entire whore and a liar. So she went to the police and she told them that Alfred had made threats of abuse to her and their daughter. Listen, for somebody that had such a tumultuous and terrifying relationship, I really wish I could have been that judge. Because how do you keep getting restraining orders and then dropping them? Like, that's exactly what she was doing. She dropped the restraining order yet again after getting a second one filed begging Alfred to take her back because the man that she was having an affair with and was now pregnant by possibly didn't want shit to do with her. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And Alfred's ass, he caves. Not surprised, but it was with good reason. You know, he's not innocent and he's clearly had his indiscretions. So they decide to work it out and do things right for the sake of their kids. Oh, I hate when parents say in situations for the sake of their kids, do y'all not get these kids aren't stupid? They see how miserable y'all asses are. They see that you're not happy. Why would you stay for the sake of the kids? Make the kids happy and move on with your life. Make yourselves happy. I'll be damned if I stay married to somebody again because I have kids with them. Been there, done that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are with someone and you have children with them and you feel like you have no other option because, you know, y'all got kids together, you are wrong. Live your life. I promise you, these babies going to be fine. They will respect you and appreciate you a lot more because that means they ain't got to live day to day watching y'all to fake it till you make it. Okay. Now, when Robin gets back in good with Alfred, she wasted no time punishing Bethany because she sees Bethany as a snitch, you know. And Bethany ain't a baby no more. She's older. At this point, her father had bought her this car. It was like this nice little red car that she had been wanting so bad. And, you know, she was excited about it. She had her own whip. I listened to the audio of the conversation that she had with her father before he was executed and they actually talked about the car. Now, she's in ju- she's a junior in high school at this point, and she's involved in various activities and whatnot. But one day she's driving and somebody attempts to run her off the road. Like she nearly runs into a tree before she's able to get control of the car. And it just so happens that she's able to see the face of the man that did it. Guess who was driving? Or rather, guess what he was driving? A limo. Why the fuck would you try to run somebody off the road and you in a limo? 
do it in a regular car, but you in a limo. Duh, you're going to stand out more. And she remembers what her sister Deisha told her. And she knows that this is the nigga that Robin was fucking around with to dig this. She ran straight to her daddy and spilled the tea. She's like, Robin's boyfriend did this. He tried to kill me. He tried to run me off the road. And Alfred is pissed. Like, he is outraged. All he kept saying was, what if you would have died? What if you would have died? And he's mad because a grown-ass man that's in his feelings tried to basically hurt an 11th grader, a child. So Alfred goes to the police, but, you know, they can't do anything. And Bethany's scared because after she told her father that, she ain't heard from him again. Like, she's calling and calling and calling. No answer. And she's back at her mom's, of course. And she's continuing to call her dad. Calling, calling, calling. No answer. Like, a week later, out of the blue, he calls her. And she's like, Daddy, where you been? And he tells her, hey, baby, um, why don't you come meet me down the street at the park real quick? Of course, you know, curiosity has gotten to Bethany at this point. So she's like, all right. She goes to meet him. And he gives the craziest confession. He tells her, well, the reason why you ain't seen me is because I kind of got arrested. <laughs> and she's like, what you mean you got arrested? What did you get arrested for? Y'all, her dad spray painted this nigga's limo. He was so upset that, you know, this man tried to run her off the road and, you know, she almost died. And he didn't want to put hands on him because he knew there's a probability that I'm going to get arrested and be in jail for a longer period of time and miss out on my kids. But, you know, to him, he did the next best thing, which I mean, I guess I'm kind of like, OK, cool. You know, do you you better than me because I definitely would have put hands on somebody that, you know, mess with my kids, especially if you run them off the road and try to kill them. But, you know, again, this just proves what type of man Alfred is. So Bethany is giggling her ass off. Like she is outright laughing because not that you spray painted his shit, you know, he took accountability for it though. But now it leaves Bethany in a situation because she doesn't have a car and, you know, her junior prom is coming up and, you know, not wanting to disappoint his baby girl on the day of her junior prom while she's standing outside in her beautiful white Cinderella-like gown. Alfred made sure that she had transportation for the prom. He pulls up in the gorgeous limo and they went to Baton Rouge, Louisiana for dinner. And then she got to enjoy her prom. Now, honestly, I, I would be a little shell-shocked with the whole limo thing, but it's still a beautiful gesture. So later that year, Robin gave birth. Remember, she's pregnant. She gave birth to her second daughter, who she named Alfreda. And this should have been a happy time, but for Robin, it was anything but. People were, you know, still going around spreading rumors and talking about how she was still in contact with her ex. And Alfred wasn't having it. You know, after he's hearing all of these things, he's starting to get suspicious. And knowing that she's still in communication with him after he tried to run her daughter off the road, he decides this chick ain't gonna change. I just want a divorce. He tells Bethany his plans, but you know, he's really worried because Robin doesn't know how to take care of herself. She's not financially stable. Remember, she told him that she was a registered nurse that took care of children, but really she was just the nurse's aide. And now she's got not only a six-year-old daughter, but a newborn baby as well. 
And, you know, he was so scared that she would end up getting custody because he too was unfaithful and felt like, you know, the judge was going to rule in Robin's favor, which makes no sense to me because I don't feel as if a person's infidelity has anything to do with how they are as a parent. Now, I can see if you were just now, you know, if you was out there fucking around and you had your kids there while you were, you know, doing your dirt, that's some low down trifling shit. But if you're an unfaithful person, that's separate from you as a parent. So Alfred decided he was going to play it smart this time because he was so concerned and, you know, he didn't know how it was going to go yet. He decided that he was going to start keeping documentation. He would write down anything that Robin did that he felt was, you know, unscrupulous as a parent. He kept letters, pictures, bank statements, anything that he could to show what type of person that Robin was. And then he would just, you know, kind of hide everything so she couldn't find it. One of the biggest things that he did was, even though there was no definitive proof that Alfredo was his, he decided he wasn't going to get a paternity test. He was just going to trust that she was his and raise her like he raised Bethany and like he raised Deisha. Meanwhile, Robin is on the other end plotting on how to make sure that Alfred doesn't get their daughters at all. Despite the fact that you cheated, despite the fact that you went and had a baby for somebody else, despite the fact that you've been doing your dirt and still in communication with this man after you told him you were done cheating, you trying to make sure she don't, he don't get your kids. Okay. Now, around this time, Alfred's Jaguar is mysteriously set on fire. And we all know who did it. Limo man. It was never proven, but I mean, come on, y'all. Now, at this point, Bethany's mother had bought her a new car and Bethany was happy. She wanted to show it off. It was Mardi Gras and y'all know how it is in the Nola, baby. Mardi Gras is a big ass celebration. So Bethany and her friends wanted to go and, you know, kind of have some fun. But her dad was like, listen, you don't need to be going to New Orleans. It's too crowded and you're just not ready to do that. But Bethany flat out ignored him like most teenagers would their parents. So they go to the parade and when they get back in the car, Bethany tries to crank it but it won't start. She tried for like an hour to get that thing to start, but it just would not. So, you know, once she realizes she's stuck, she got to call daddy. And because of the fact that it was Mardi Gras, it took a little while for him to get there, but you know, he does end up showing up and he's got Robin and her sisters in the car and he starts looking it over. And then he sees like some black stuff that's leaking from the gas tank. So, you know, he tells her and her friends, y'all get away from the car because he's thinking it's oil. But when he checked it, it kind of had like a sweet smell to it. So he looks closer and he realizes this ain't oil at all. Somebody had poured chocolate syrup down her gas tank. And because she kept trying to crank the car, it only made it worse because that chocolate syrup had gotten into the engine and basically caused it to malfunction. Oh, daddy was mad then. He took her car away. He told her, I'm going to fix it up, but then I'm going to sell it. And she was crying and upset because now she can't get around like she needs to. But then she gets a phone call from her cousin on her father's side. Hey, cuz, um... Listen, you need to hear this. Uh, I kind of overheard a little conversation between Robin and Grandmama. And Robin told Grandmama that she hired somebody to put chocolate syrup in the tank. What the entire fuck? Y'all know Bethany told her daddy, right? Oh, yeah, real quick. And 
he felt guilty, so he ended up buying her another car, which was a good thing because Bethany's now in her senior year of high school and she's got a job on top of everything else. And also, Bethany had fallen in love. She had her first love, y'all. She had started dating a guy from New York that actually lived a few minutes from her father's house. And so with her boo being close by, she decided she was going to move in with her father so she could spend more time with her man. The bad side is, is that she had to be around Robin's ass more, but you know, it was pretty much worth it for her because there was a lot of tension between Robin and her father. So it's not like she really, you know, had to interact with her. And on top of that, Alfred and Robin were sleeping in two separate rooms at this point. Like neither of them trusted each other, rightfully so, because, you know, Alfred and Katrina, who's back in Texas, were starting to kind of reconnect. You know, he's starting to feel happy again. And it wasn't with Robin, so he knew that his time was limited. He's making plans to move to Florida and, you know, he's still communicating with Katrina, but he had to figure out the logistics, like who was going to take care of the kids as far as the little things, who was going to care for them when he was on the road, who was going to take them to school. You know, he wanted to get custody, but he knew that he was going to need help. So he had to have like an A1 game plan. Bethany, you know, she's a senior in high school and she's up for prom queen and she's so excited. Like she had begged her dad to let her go to New York with her boyfriend for a visit. You know, after a lot of thinking, Alfred, you know, he agreed to let her go and, you know, he's rekindling a romance himself. So why not? You know, love is in the air. So Bethany finds out that she's up for prom queen and that she's actually one. So she goes to her dad and she's like, guess what? I've been named prom queen. Now, this is such a big accomplishment in high school. Like, I kind of regret never being able to do stuff like that. Like, I was a nerd and, you know, I wasn't really popular until like college. Me being prom queen would have been a fantasy. <laughs> but, you know, Alfred is ecstatic when he hears his baby girl won. And he's like, you know, I'm so happy for you. And then he's like, guess what? I got some news to tell you. And, you know, Bethany's like, Lord, please don't let him cancel my trip to New York. He hits her with the wham bam. He got a two-year-old daughter named Ja'Karen. And Bethany's like, say what now? That's right. Katrina Harrison, his little booski back in Texas, had gotten pregnant. And on October 5th, 1999, Ja'Karen Harrison, a.k.a. Jaja, was born. Okay, um, personal opinion. Sir, you have been married three, four times now. You now got your side piece pregnant. You got your first side piece pregnant, and that was part of the reason why you married her. Do you not believe in condoms? You are literally out here just sowing your seed. You got a high school age daughter, a six-year-old daughter, a one-year-old daughter, and now you're finding out you got a two-year-old daughter. Bruh, you can't even pull out the driveway, much less the hot pocket. But I digress. So... Karen lived with her mother, Katrina, in Texas, and in April of 2002, Alfred gets paperwork for child support. Now, originally, he didn't think Karen was his child because, hell, Katrina was a side piece, and he already had the stresses of baby Alfreda and, you know, not knowing if she was his or not. But he ends up going to Texas and takes the paternity test, and it proves that, in fact, Karen is his child. 
And of course, you know, Robin's pissed off because here he is, you know, going off on her about her affair and making a baby. And he went and had an affair himself and produced a child. So y'all are two for two, (laughs) you know, like I get it. You know, you got a right to be mad. You had a baby as well out of wedlock, you know, with somebody else with your affairs. So yeah, two wrongs don't make a right, boo. Now here's where the story kind of starts to take a turn because this is where a lot of the opinion of the feds and the media kicks in. And this is where he's starting to be depicted as the monster and not the loving father that you've heard for the last hour. Alfred found out that he had Jacaren and, you know, he goes to child support court in May of 2002. Now, according to court documents, he took his niece to Texas with him with the intention of telling the judge, you know, that she was his daughter and that he had kidney problems just in case the courts decided to make him pay all this money. Now, that doesn't make sense to me because I'm like, bro, I got three actual daughters and a son. Why would he need to take his niece and pretend that she was his kid? But okay. So after hearing all of this about Alfred, you know, I'm just kind of like, why would he do something like that? Like the judge only ordered Alfred to pay $160 a month in child support. And he and Katrina actually talked and she told him that, you know, Ja'Karen could spend the summer with him. So literally after child support court, he took Ja'Karen back with him. And it was kind of good that, you know, she was letting him take her because Katrina was also in her own situation. And, you know, even though she and Alfred had been hooking up and everything, you know, she was trying to get rid of somebody that was just horrible for her, Charles Michael Thomas, but we'll get more into him later. More so like episode two, but yeah. Once Alfred found out that, you know, he had another daughter He was like, all right, I'm going to just go ahead and get this divorce and call it a day. He had plans to sell the house in Louisiana, and he was actually going to let Bethany rent it out while she was in school, you know, provided that she kept good grades. He had plans to move to Pensacola, Florida, and to start his own trucking company. Now, this was in the spring of 2002 before Bethany's graduation from high school. So like I said, after the child support hearing, he took custody of Ja'Karen for seven weeks And, you know, he came home, he introduced her to his family, different family members got to know her, spent time with her. They all loved her. And, you know, supposedly Robin was just accepting of the child. I mean, he was accepting of Alfreda, you know, so why wouldn't she be accepting of Ja'Karen? Alfred was excited you know after finding out that he had another daughter he welcomed her and treated her just like he did the rest of his kids so how after hearing all of this and hearing how wonderful of a father that he was to his daughters and his son how did he end up spending almost 19 years in prison before his execution Even though Alfred had plans on divorcing Robin because he now had Ja'Karen, he asked her, you know, if she and Alfreda and Disha wanted to go on a road trip with him. He had started a new job at a new trucking company and he had a shipment that he had to take to the Corpus Christi Naval Air Station in Corpus Christi, Texas. 
Robin, you know, not really knowing what he was plotting and planning on low, she agreed. And they decided to do a nice little family trip during the summer to spend time and get to know Ja'Karen more, you know, before she was scheduled to go back to Texas. Now, I do want to backtrack really quickly and let you all know that it had been some time since Alfred had, you know, Ja'Karen with him. He went to child support court in May of 2002, and he was scheduled to have Ja'Karen for seven weeks. Now, I would like to think that around this time, it was close to the time that, you know, she was going to be going back to her mom. But I want to say there was like maybe two or three weeks left that he was supposed to have her. So, you know, she had spent some time around his family and friends and she had spent time alone with Robin as well, just like Bethany had, because, you know, he wasn't there every single moment of the day. He had to work, you know, he still had to provide for the family. And, you know, Ja'Karen had become a part of that blended family. Everybody loved her except for Robin. On June 27, 2002, Alfred and his family arrive at the Corpus Christi Naval Air Station and Alfred is backing his truck up to the loading dock while Ja'Karen is sitting on the potty. She's two years old, you know, being potty trained definitely ain't easy. Those of y'all going through that now, y'all know my struggle. I'm trying to potty train my son. Whoo, it is a struggle. Now, according to court records, Ja'Karen managed to like somehow knock over the potty and Alfred just became so enraged and started yelling at her and, you know, spanking her on our bottom. Mind you, he has never so much as put a hand on his children, but all of a sudden he's whooping her ass. It then states that he grabs her by her shoulders and like slams the back of her head into the front and side window area around the dashboard like three or four times. During this time, the warehouse personnel who was standing inside the trailer said that they felt shaking coming from the cab of the truck. Robin was surprisingly asleep and conveniently woke up right after everything happened. She noticed that Ja'Karen's body was limp, her eyes were closed, and her heart was racing. She tried to revive Ja'Karen and supposedly tried to administer CPR, telling Alfred that they needed to get her some medical attention. And Alfred's answer was, bet, let me finish with my load and then we'll take her to the emergency room. Again, this just doesn't sound like something that Alfred would do considering everything that has been revealed about him as a father. And, you know, Robin is claiming like that she's just pleading with him, babe, we've got to get her some help right now. The same woman that locked her stepdaughter out of the house, the same woman that was pressing the comb and brush into her stepdaughter's hair, causing scabs and scars, the same woman that lied to her husband and said her daughter had an STD, the same woman that yanked her stepdaughter by her hair and then told her husband, oh, I was just trying to grab him, grab her by the shoulders. But now you're pleading with him that you need to get his step, his daughter, your stepdaughter, some help. She then says that she picked her up and handed her to Alfred. And he's just like, mm, you know what? We'll just say that she tripped and fell out of the truck. Does that even sound right? What? She's now laid out on the ground and, you know, passerby or see her and somebody calls 911 and Alfred is allegedly running from some area pretending to be concerned. Just this, y'all, this story is so left field. Like none of this makes sense to me, but I got to keep pushing on through it so that y'all can, you know, make a decision for yourselves. 
So Jacaren is taken to the hospital and she's unresponsive and put on life support. Now, she's only put on there long enough for her mother, Katrina, to get there. And the next day, Katrina arrives and Jacaren dies in her mother's arms. Now, after she is officially pronounced dead, Dr. Elizabeth Rouse, the medical examiner, does the autopsy on her. And she says that there was like an extreme number of injuries on Jacaren's body. And I mean like extreme number. The medical examiner stated that she observed a bruised shoulder, human bite marks on her back and arm, scratch marks, injuries to her ears, loop marks on her body consistent with an electrical cord, a circular hole a quarter inch of an e- uh, a quarter of an inch deep on the bottom of one of her feet. When she opened up her torso, she stated that there was deep tissue bruising in every area of Jacaren's body. There were 25 or 26 whip marks, 78 healed scars, 73 to 105 nonspecific contusions, eight pattern contusions, nine or 10 abrasions or exportations, seven to nine healing ulcerations, and three lacerations. Basically, they described Jacaren as a bruised and battered child. Her cause of death was an impact to the head resulting in brain injury. Now, according to the ME, the injury was consistent with Alfred's allegedly holding her by the shoulders and slamming the right side and the back of her head against the window and dashboard of the truck. Investigators start digging and they start checking the stories. Now, when the ambulance arrived, Alfred and Robin told the EMT that Jacaren had fallen out of the truck. And, you know, there was a discrepancy that she had fallen out because her brain had hemorrhaged. Now, remember, she's only two years old. So it's very likely that she could have fallen out and had a hemorrhage because of her size versus how high up she was. Investigators also claimed that while Jacaren was with Alfred, that he tortured her by biting her all over her body and burning her, whipping her with belts, extension cords, beating her with a baseball bat, shoes, and other objects, duct taping her mouth, and forcing her to drink his urine from a jug that he kept in his truck. How the hell did y'all come up with all of this? Like, this sounds so insane. She's two years old. First of all, if all of those things had been done to her, even if Robin claimed innocence, how could you continue to be with someone that's doing that? You had two restraining orders that you dropped, claiming that this man was abusing you and your children, but agreed to go on a road trip with him. So if he's so abusive, why go on the road trip? If he's so abusive, why go back to him? If he's so abusive, why have an affair with another man, get back with your husband and name the baby after him? Hmm? So a two-year-old is going through all of this abuse and you're oblivious to all of it. Could it be perhaps that you were the one that was actually doing the abuse? You were the one that had a history of abusing your steps, your stepkids? Make it make sense. On June 27th, 2002, Alfred Sterling Bouget was arrested for the rape and murder of two-year-old Jacaren Harrison. And what happens next will blow your mind. But You got to wait until next week. I know y'all, I am so sorry. It's just, it's so much with this case, y'all. Like we haven't even cracked 
the court documents as far as like the the stuff that was with that was withheld and the stuff that was you know left out and when you guys hear it you're going to be just so floored but you're going to have to wait until next week because that is all for this episode of the infamous ones a true crime podcast be sure to follow the show on the following Instagram and TikTok at infamous one podcast and that is the number one and you can leave a review there x formerly twitter at infamous one pod where you can also leave a review facebook you can send a friend request to the infamous ones or you can join the discussion group the infamous ones discussion group you will need to answer some questions to get in because why these bots keep getting in oh and did i mention leave a review and of course, y'all know what to do. The show streams on multiple streaming services like Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and so on. It is too many ways to leave a review. So y'all, let's make it happen. Speaking of reviews, highlighting one from this week left by Tira Tabron in the Facebook discussion group. Tira says... I have found a new podcast. Kay does an amazing job of telling the stories that we often see in the headlines, but she gives us all the details. It's like sitting down listening to one of my homegirls giving me all the deets. I especially love the touches of advice thrown in. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank you, Tira. If you have a case you want to hear more on that you feel has been ignored in the Black community, or if you want to leave a review there as well, send an email to infamous1pod at gmail.com. Until then, I'm your girl Kay. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode, and I'll see y'all next week with part two. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of... The Infamous Ones, a true crime podcast hosted by Kay. Be sure to like and comment on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe so that you never miss an episode.